do we want to get right? Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Rock Out Loud. I feel like I should be coming in like, hello, and then insert your town there. And <laughs> Straight up Steel Panthers. Steve. There you go. <laughs> right out of the gate. My name's Steve Gloss, and along with me, as always, is the rockinest rocker chick in the land, ladies and gentlemen, the great Kristen. How's it going, Kristen, in Jersey? It's going pretty good. It's, it's, you know, it's warm. It's, you know, 45 degrees and I'm loving it. Bring on spring. Mm. See, around here, spring just means uh, 90 degree weather. Ooh, so, I can't do that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, it's because when summer gets here, it, it gets closer to and over 100 on some days. And with the humidity, it's just like, why even bother going outside? This is why I need a cushy desk job in an air conditioned room. So that way I can just uh, avoid the southern heat. I guess you could say I could move, but psh, that's too much work. I know. Then you have to do you have to deal with moving companies and moving couches. It's just it's not okay. It's just it's ridiculous. It's way too much work. It's just too much. And then you have that whole situation. Uh, you watch the Friends, right? I don't really. Okay. Well, there was a scene in Friends where. Ross had bought a new couch, and rather than pay the delivery fee, he decided to haul it up to his apartment by himself with the help of said friends. And they got it stuck in the stairwell and couldn't figure out how to get it to go on up the stairs. And it was just just some hilarious moments. Friends of uh, Fans of Friends will, will understand when I say pivot, pivot. <laughs> um, so anyhow, hey, Kristen, last, last episode, our first episode of Rock Out Loud has been met with some some really kind comments and words i know people folks. people were really really super nice about it it was it was kind of awesome now you got called out on the twitter i did get called out on the twitter what happened um someone i don't i don't know the twitter name off the top of my head but they commented on how in the last episode i was like well i've heard bands that sound like led zeppelin and they were like, well, name some bands that came before Led Zeppelin. And I'm like, that's what I mean. <laughs> I heard bands that sounded like Led Zeppelin before I heard Led Zeppelin. That takes a sparkle away. Wow. Um, that's, uh, that's crazy. Look, we're not here to hate on anybody. And we're not here to hate on Kristen because she doesn't like Zeppelin. Um, you know, that's just, that's how we roll. But, uh, but we have had, I mean, I've, I'm on the Twitter right now. That's uh, You can follow the podcast at... Um, gosh, what are we? Well, on my lens, I've forgotten. Rock Out Loud Pod. Thank you, Rock Out Loud Pod on the Twitter, and uh, and and jump in some uh, some some conversations, particularly with Kristen. Kristen's been rocking and rolling on this thing, and uh, Savage Tech Man, especially on the Twitter, has been uh, was lighting it up this week. I know they stuff. were super fun to talk to about mm -hmm. all the Death Leopard stuff. Now those are the uh, '80s guys. I don't know. I don't know if that's the same person as the Facebook 80s group mm -hmm. or not, but I like talking to either of them either way. Yeah, Return to the 80s on Facebook. Um, we've had a lot. Mark Olson, Michael Nip uh, commented on the, uh, the, the, the Facebook, and Michael said that um, he was pleased to hear your love for the killers. Yeah, man, that was that was surprising because, you know, rock out loud. You wouldn't think like, you know, killers people would be listening, but That's I right. love it. That's <laughs> right. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, already people throwing out ideas and stuff uh, for for the show. Um, Andrew Ortega says maybe listeners can suggest a couple of their favorite songs and we could expose each other to music that we may not be familiar with. I'm sure there are plenty of great songs out there that are anthems to some people uh, that another group of people may have never heard of. And uh, back when people were starting to get into bands like Guns N' Roses, Georgia Satellites, Black Crows, and other bands that were getting away from the hair metal sound in the late 80s, he says he was really into the cult. He's not saying they were obscure or anything, but they were more toward the alternative end of the spectrum and didn't get much airplay. Well, well, where he lived anyway, he says. The first album is one of my all-time favorites, but this, but by the second album, they had changed their sound, and he gave up on to them. And uh, <laughs> you can go over to the Facebook and hear his one of his favorite songs of all time, by the cult, Contrary Man. Um, uh, by the cult, King Contrary Man, by the cult. It's, it's there on the Facebook. He posted it up. And uh, thanks for that, Andrew. Uh, Jeff Fawcett, for those about to rock, I salute you, he says. We and, salute uh, you, Jeff. And, and Return to the 80s is, is rocking with all kinds of stuff there. So, um, But uh, now there is one thing I want to go ahead and put out there to everybody. Um, for some reason, I have, I, I'm partnered with people who have hard names to spell. Uh, Derek, people are always spelling his name in some alternate spelling of Derek from Geek Out Loud. Uh, Carl from Know What I'm Saying, everyone's always trying to spell it with a C instead of a K. And Kristen, I know you probably hate it when people throw an E there before the N in Kristen. Oh yeah, because it's Kristen, it's not Kristen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> And in the South, it all sounds the same. So that's, you know. But, uh, so yeah, it's Kristen with an I. So if we can go ahead and get that out of the way, everybody. I mean, I don't mean to be unmetal with trying to correct people's spelling and all. But, you know, you know how it is when you have a name that people spell wrong all the time. You don't want people doing that. So I figured I'd get that out of the way for you there, Kristen. It's bad enough that we can never get, you know, a shot glass with our name spelled right, you know. <laughs> it's always an E. Or a T-shirt, or a visor, or some other tchotchke at a at a truck stop somewhere on the interstate. <laughs> See, I chose to go the metal route. That's why I picked truck. That's but. true. Hey, listen, truck stops are pretty metal. Have you ever seen some of their CD selections at a truck stop? I haven't. There's not. I don't think there's many truck stops oh, around if here. If you're ever if you if you're ever on a road trip, um, just hit up a truck stop. Go and they'll. There's always like a spinner rack kind of thing, and they have they have the most eclectic selection of CDs. They're comedy CDs, you know, because some guys just like popping them in and listening, you know, to people talk on the way down the road. There's uh, Old Country, of course, and then there's some of the just, it's like, I've not seen this album in the wild for, you know, 15 or 20 years kind of stuff. And you're in, and it's like rock and roll. And it's like, man, I should buy this just for the sake of buying it. Even though it's already on my iTunes, I just feel like I should have this physical CD again, or another copy of it, or whatever the case may be. So now I have a bucket list. Go to a truck stop. Go to a truck stop. There you at. go. There you go. Well, um, last episode we tried to give you an idea of kind of who we are and what our tastes are, and 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 how much we like to jam, as it were. Um, but uh, this episode, Kristen got in touch with me and informed me that a week ago from today. Get, and I'm just going to step back for a moment and let her gush in a second. Uh, a week ago from today, from the day of recording, was uh, the birthday of one John Bon Jovi. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that used to be my password for every AIM account ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was three, two, six, two. That was everything. <laughs> bon Jovi. Mm. Um, you love the Bon Jovi. I do. <laughs> now, in a fight, who wins, Bon Jovi or Def Leppard? Okay, can can we real talk for a second? Sure. Because I was totally going. Um, yesterday, I was listening to Hysteria. And then today, I was listening to New Jersey, and I was kind of doing them song by song. I'm like, okay, what's better, women or lay your hands on me? And I was, like, heartbroken to be like, oh, my God, I think New Jersey is the better album. Wow. Well, there you go. New I, Jersey is just perfect. That album, yeah. oh, my God, it's just so good. <laughs> uh, we Bon Jovi is the first group that I knew by name outside of like Ray Parker Jr. for Ghostbusters. Um, really? Yeah, it's it's weird like that. It's like there's a lot of songs that I knew from the 80s, but I didn't know necessarily who sang them, you know, as a kid or whatever. And um, and so, and one of the first, as I said last time, one of the first songs that I really jammed out to as a kid was Bad Medicine. And I knew that was Bon Jovi. And so bon jovi always 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 has a special special place in my little heart as they should yeah and um and so when you told me that it was his birthday and you're like maybe we could you know do like a bon jovi centric episode i'm like well why don't we just do this because i believe with all my heart that crossroads is one of the greatest greatest hits albums of all time yep because when you're talking about the greatest hits of Bon Jovi, you're talking about some of the greatest, greatest hits ever. Yep. And I always used to say, and, and for the longest time, it was the favorite CD in my collection. It was the one I could always put on. It's the one I could always, there was always, it, 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 it runs the gamut of emotions yes, from does. just, from just fun to just rocking out hard to just, you know, crying in your pillow, you know, to whatever the case may be. And it's just some of the best music out there. So I said, Kristen, why don't we just go through Crossroads and you throw in a couple of songs. Or then you came back and said, well, yeah, and I'll throw in a couple of other songs that aren't necessarily on there and might be a little lesser known. I'm like, hey, we've put together a show. <laughs> and, and, you know, and there was a part of me when we started this, if I can just be honest, I was like, I wonder how many shows we can get out of us. And then after the first show, when we started bouncing back and forth ideas, we're here for years, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to get rid of us. There's a different emotion every song. Come on, That's man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just talking about like everything from what's your favorite power ballad to, you know, favorite traveling songs. Like we were just hashtagging back and forth on the Twitter like the night after we finished recording the first song. So, um, so we're here for the long haul, as it were. It's going to be good. Everybody needs to get ready. Everyone needs to get their alcohol because I know like, when we're around that long, we're going to say jam 500 million times. <laughs> and, so, and someone was already doing that because oh, they no. were on Twitter. So it's like, come on, let's do it. Get ready. Um, now, I just want to put this out here as a goal for us for this show. Okay. Before we end this show, I would like for us to have interviewed... Um, Either someone from Def Leppard, Bon Jovi, or Journey. Oh my God, my heart! I just had a heart palpitation. <laughs> I'm, we're going to try to make it happen. You know, oh. we're, we're, I'm going to tell one of my obscure favorites. Stan Bush has a new album dropping this week, and and I and and he'd come on in a heartbeat. So we can start there and work our way up. Oh man. So. <laughs> 
my palms are getting sweaty at just that <laughs> well Kristen, we can do our own little like fanboys thing where where the story is not we're trying to get out to Lucasfilm to see Star Wars. It's we're trying to get him backstage just to score an interview for our podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. It needs to happen now. We can do it. We I can be the Chris Farley guy. Did you ever see Black Sheep with Chris Farley? I did. I loved Chris Farley. When, when he's backstage and he's like, all right, everyone needs to move from this quadrant into a different vector before we secure the perimeter now. I can do that. I can get like, you know, security looking clothes on and then you can just tag along and we'll get in there and we'll make it happen. I'll just look official. Exactly. Exactly. We're, we're, uh, what are you talking about? We're Steve and Kristen from Rock Out Loud. We're totally official. Yeah. Hello. Come on. Haven't you heard of us? Don't you know who we think we are? Exactly. (laughs) Don't you know who we think we are? (laughs) All right. Well, um, we're go. Kristen just blew my mind, by the way. I want to. I want to compare Kristen's ability to do what she just did, and I'm just assuming. Listen, don't break my heart and tell me you were cheating. Um, oh no, no, no! Okay. That is right from the old noggins. Okay, Paul. Kristen. Kristen just blew my mind and did something that I've owned the likes of which Derek Russell does with Smallville. When <laughs> when when my when when my partner for Geek Out Loud when he starts talking Smallville, you can say season three, episode ten, and he'll give you the title immediately. You can say season seven, episode five, and he'll just know it. Kristen just looking at a list of songs, just put them in chronological order, like boom, 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 boom. So, my mind was blown immediately. I told you I have the useless knowledge. I have it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through Crossroad, the album Crossroad, and uh, is it Crossroad or Crossroads? I think it's Crossroads. I thought I it was too. Let me let me see if I can pull up this album art. <laughs> because, see, we could we could pull the songs. Oh no, it is Crossroad with a space okay. between. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm seeing on my iTunes, and I and I can't on the actual album art. It's too small for me to see the actual name of the album. So yeah, I've been saying, man, I've been doing that thing that I hate that people do, but an S where one doesn't belong. I know. Crossroads is a Britney Spears movie. Like, oh, I am oh, bad. Forgive us, John Bon Jovi, wherever you are. Man. Now, do people do that in Jersey? Just a small tangent. Do people do that in Jersey where they put S's on the end of things that have no S's? Uh, not really. You know where they do it? They do it in Philadelphia. Okay. Well, they see- create words in Philadelphia that you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, is what we do around here. Um, the uh, in In the South... You don't go to Walmart, you go to Walmarts. And that irks me to no end. <laughs> um, and there are other establishments that, you know, that are local. There's like a, um, there's a small chain that, you know, is just kind of right here in our little area, and, you know, around six, seven, eight counties in the area, which is like a, almost a fast food Japanese. It's almost like mall Japanese food. And um, it's called Fuji. But okay. everyone always says Fuji's. They're like, let's go to Fuji's. I'm like, it's not a, they're not, this, this is not a restaurant that belongs to Fuji's. <laughs> it's a restaurant named for a mountain. It is not the band. That's right. <laughs> exactly. It's not the hip hop group from the 90s. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're going to go through Crossroads and other songs, and we'll let you know where they're from as we get to them. And Kristen will probably tell you what album they're right off of other than just Crossroads. But I'm saying for 
you, the listener, for your personal edification, the, the majority of these songs are on the album Crossroad, uh, the the greatest hits by Bon Jovi, which came out in the mid '90s. And so there's some there's some stuff that they put out since then that wasn't on there that we'll we'll also touch on. So, and in chronological order, apparently this was their first big hit. This is uh, Runaway by Bon Jovi. Jovi, it's part of Runaway anyway, and and it was their first big breakout hit. And Kristen, I forgot to mention something before we get into Runaway here. Okay, I forgot to mention something that you you probably know. Do you know, um, what the first professional recording that Bon Jovi did was? Mm, no, maybe he, I don't know. He, okay, get ready because we're my our worlds are about to collide, dear. Okay. Um. <laughs> He sang lead vocals on a song called R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas uh, on the album Christmas in the Stars that was released back in the 80s. Shut the front door. Are you serious? Uh, serious as a heart attack. Yeah. You need uh, to send me that song if let, you have it. Let me see if I can if I can dig up a little piece of it real quick. Um, it is uh, Christmas in the Stars was a Christmas album. Because of the popularity of Star Wars, of course, uh, Christmas in the Stars was an album that uh, they actually just got Anthony Daniels in, and he was C-3PO, and he was trying to teach R2-D2 about uh, uh, Christmas. And um, and so John Bon Jovi's cousin, or uncle, uh, Tony Bon Jovi, um, co-produced the album. And uh, John was working there sweeping floors at the time, and he got him in on the on on the singing of it. So here we go. Let me see if I can pull this up and play you a little bit. Artu, where are you? Oh, there you are. Well, if you come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. That's right. No, it's not a phase vector. It's your Christmas present. Now, there are kids singing right now. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We hope you 
There he is. We know that's where you are. Our chimney's big and round. So you can come right down. How about that? You have blown my mind, Steve Glosson. <laughs> I would have thought surely you knew that. No, I did not. Yeah, that's his first professional recording, Christmas in the Stars. Uh, oh, love him. Just love him. <laughs> so, Runaway. Uh, Runaway was, uh, like I say, their first big breakout hit. And uh, tell us about it. Uh, well, the crazy thing that when I think of Runaway, I think of um, how it was not like the band Bon Jovi that we knew mm-hmm. that recorded it. Like, he just got a bunch of dudes in. Well, some of them were in the band, like Tico and David. But right. um, he like just had a bunch of guys together and was like, all right, we're going to do this because I have these songs. And then, you know, hunted down a radio DJ and the DJ put it on the air and it caught fire. And then everyone wanted to sign this this band who was singing this song Runaway. And then he actually had to put a legit band together. <laughs> wow. It, uh, it is definitely a different sound than what you come to know uh, at the height of Bon Jovi popularity. Um, it's, it's very, it's weird because like, there's not very many other songs they do to my knowledge, Kristen, correct me if I'm wrong, that are real heavy on the keys, like runaway is, um, the, but his vocals stand out, you know, and it's got, it is a driving song. It, 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 I don't want to say it jams, but it does jam, but it jams in a way that like they're, as you hear them progress, the rest of their stuff, you know, jams in a completely different way. What this does set up for you, though, is the Bon Jovi storytelling that is that that is very present in a lot of their bigger hits. You know, Bon Jovi sings a lot about people that are down on their luck and just trying to make it through and trying to, you know, trying to make the best of a situation or the worst has happened. And they're still, you know, uh, and we'll get to some more of those. And so it, you'll kind of hear that theme that they go through throughout and, um, where let me ask you this because you're you know other than knowing his first professional recording was a star wars uh record um you you know a lot about bon jovi what was his upbringing like what was he what was his situation deal growing up and and getting into the band and everything getting into the music and all do you know well i know that he like he was the firstborn in his family and i know his dad was a, a hairstylist or hairdresser um and like they were very supportive of him because he wanted to you know be a rock and roll musician and do all that, and they were very much like, yeah, let's do it. Um, like we support you 100, percent which I mean is very rare for a lot of these musicians. Right. And um, I know that he started you know playing music and you know working in New York and all that sort of stuff. And he grew up in Sayreville, New Jersey, which is about like an hour and 20 minutes um, north of me. And it was a very, like, suburban kind of area where it's, like, you know things kind of go on behind closed doors, but it's, like, it's just that picture of, like, white picket fences and all that sort of stuff. Right, right. Um, but, I mean, and I think just his taste in music, too, because he loves Bruce Springsteen, and I think mm-hmm. that definitely influenced a lot of his writing in terms of the storytelling and really being a little bit more blue-collar and less, like, glossy and glammy. Yeah, blue-collar is a good word for it. I mean, because I'm not wrong when I start talking about things like that, because you think about, like, uh, Someday I'll Be Saturday Night, uh, the big one living on a prayer, um, you know, all those kinds of things really kind of... <clears throat> Uh, tell a story about you know just someone who's working to get through and make and make it and you know and runaway of course is about well runaway and and the and the troubles and stuff that come from that but 
I, I like the way that you've got that long intro to this song on the keys, and then everything kind of kicks in. They go through the through the first verse, and and the way they come out of the chorus into the second verse is just like it just happens so fast, you know. All your life, all your life, you know. And I'm just yes, let's just keep it rolling, you know. And, and the song kind of starts to to run away in a good way. I mean. Yeah. So. It's very early 80s. Like the first yes. Bon Jovi album is very early 80s rock, like very pre-MTV. You know, it, it like the first two Bon Jovi albums, they are amazing. And they like to me, like they are perfect. And I love both of them. But they are very much like that 80s cheesiness. Like mm-hmm. they were really trying to find themselves in those first two albums. And like the next song we play, you're going to hear it's very 80s cheesy, but it's fantastic. And, and let's go ahead and play that. This is uh, Love Lies. Is this off the same album? Yeah, this is off the self-titled record. Okay, this is Love Lies. I was lost, then I found you Never thought it would be this way Showed you my heart I left it unguarded Like a thief in the night You stole it away can definitely hear the uh what am i trying to say here you can hear the influence of all of that early 80s rock band in there um that is that is nothing like the sound of bon jovi we would come to know they're still trying to find that you can hear that on this especially that reminds me of a foreigner song right it kind of does because it has like that that very teasing intro where you're like, all right, like I'm here, I'm listening, you know, you got me. And then the chorus happens and you're like, whoa, yeah. all right, let's do this. <laughs> well, and it's something about the amount of reverb on the drums yeah. too, you know, and, and, and of course we don't hear any of, you know, you come to, and if you come to Bon Jovi a little bit later on in their discography and, and that's the Bon Jovi, you know, you come to expect a lot of just, guitar work from the outset from the outset of a song you expect guitar work you know uh lay your hands on me which we'll talk about in a minute it ends up being a little a bit of anomaly in that whole situation because they go back to the organ thing well this starts out with that piano you know those keyboards again going and um and and the lyrics are are you know dang they're good yeah you know but as you get further on into their songwriting and their in their singing career you hit some stuff that that kind of makes love lies just kind of fade away a little bit. I think I'm not trying to crap on love lies or anything. 
I mean, there is there is a section of lyrics in a song that I love and kind of talking how we were talking about that, you know, like a couple trying to strive and like make it work and yeah. going through hard times. Like there's a lyric in the song. It says, you know, time goes on and all signs of life stolen, simple dreams broken. Um, best of times become desperation. But how many tears must you cry to survive? Mm-hmm. Like it is that like down and out, like you just, oh, gutter amazing love story love it <laughs> it's it's good stuff it is good stuff that's now love lies is not on the crossroad album this is all but but it is on their self-titled album bon jovi correct as, yep. as we said already and that was their first album release uh we go from that into another one that is on crossroad and it is uh in and out of love what was this what album was this originally off of this was off their second album, 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. This is uh, In and Out of Love by Bon Jovi. In and out of love. 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 talk about an evolution from one situation to another this gets more this is so much closer to what's coming down the road just i mean you can hear it especially in his vocals you know in in the way that they're starting to get a little bit stronger he's getting a little more confident apparently in what's going on obviously i don't know anything about the production you know what i should have done is just pulled up wiki about these things um (laughs) and actually done a little bit of a little bit of research but you imagine there might have been a little bit of a different producer on this i don't know uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know the story behind the behind this behind the album, or anything like that. But you definitely feel them headed in the direction of finding their own sound. You know, they 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 found it, and and now it's just a matter. Of, really, I, yeah, they have found it at at this song, and now it's a matter of tweaking that and becoming, you know, what they would in the following outings. Yeah, my like my favorite thing with In and Out of Love because okay with. With Crossroad came a like Crossroad VHS. Oh wow! That had yeah. all the videos on it, and I wore that thing out so bad. <laughs> um, but in and out of love. Okay, so you know the Jersey Shore, right, Steve? Like the TV show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you I, know I mean, I've it. not watched it. I'm familiar with it though. Yeah, so it's filmed in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. Now, I always said I knew about Seaside Heights, New Jersey because the In and Out of Love video is shot in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. Nice. 
So that was always the boardwalk that we would go to as a kid. And, you know, seriously, if you're listening, watch, like, watch the video. Go on YouTube. Pause the podcast. Go on YouTube. Watch the video. Um, at one point, he's shooting all these girls with a water pistol in front of this yellow background. That's a cheesesteak place that still exists <laughs> in Seaside Heights. Wow. That me, that me and my aunt have definitely taken pictures at because it's, sta- it's Steaks Unlimited. And we're like, you know what? This is Bon Jovi Town, and the stage that they perform on is still there. So this this is like my baby because I'm just like, oh wow. my god, the video it's close to me because I don't think they ever shot a video in New Jersey again after this, as far as I know. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know they did a part of Bed of Roses because my aunt was actually at the video shoot for one of them, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think they ever shot a video in Jersey again. Wow, that. Well, I guess, of course, they were coming up in the time when when video shoots were bigger, better, more money. You know, when Bon Jovi hit big is when the, you know, video had definitely killed the radio star. Yeah. And um, and, and it was all about the production value of a video. And so a lot of stuff like that got done. Uh, they didn't do a lot on location. A lot of it would get done on, you know, if they did the did the concerts and stuff, they'd do it that way, but also, the, you know, the live performances. But, man, a lot of stuff was done on sound stages and that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's funny because we're doing a lot of segueing, Steve. This is, like, good. But um, in the next song we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. um, I know when they, when, um, oh, my gosh, I can't remember his name, and I'll remember it in a second, but the guy that shot the video for, bon, like, all of Bon Jovi's videos, yeah. um, when they did bad name the, john was like you know he built a stage like we were like we were headliners and we weren't headliners at that point oh wow but he made us look like we were cuz you know he filled the arena we had the big stage set up so it was a big production that made them look like they were like the top selling act in the world when they weren't yet well there was a time when a video was the important thing for a song like that's how you got your name out of because kids there was a time in history when mtv stood for music television and they played music videos um almost almost all day long yep i missed that time so much and uh and so uh and now they're just another network you know another cable network but the 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 whole idea of having a video and having a well-produced and well-shot video meant that your song was going to get more attention and so uh so stuff like that was not unheard of but yeah you mentioned it there's it really it's one of these songs by them that need no introduction
Is there a better post breakup song than "You Give Love a Bad Name"? I, it's it's arguable. It's definitely a debate. Now I've got to be honest with you. I, it was all I could do, not just to hit it on the course with them and sing along. <laughs> You could have. I probably would have joined in. If you started it, I probably would have joined I in. You just a shot through the heart. Yeah, but um, it is, this is, this song to me fits in perfectly with the rest of their catalog. I mean, it, it is, it is, this is a Bon Jovi song. It's got the, they do so much when they do these big songs like this, that this is an arena rock song. You know, this is a, you've got to yell it out with us as we sing this chorus. We want everyone in there. And so much of their stuff is like that on, on those bigger, you know, heavier songs like this one. And uh, and this this song just slips right up into, you know, the the more they've, they've definitely locked in their sound and found out who they are. This This is that. This is, you you have to know coming out of the studio, they're like, you know what, that really worked. We should, we, that's us, you know, that it had to feel that way because it, it just fits in so good with everything else. Yeah. And like some things you're like, that's a single, like I'm sure as soon as they were done doing that song, it was like, that's gotta be a single. And it's, it's such a breakout. And it's funny. Cause like you mentioned how, you know, they do have like those arena songs that, you know, you want to pump your fist and they have those hooks and everything. Yep. And like until like the mid nineties, like critics ripped Bon Jovi because of that. Because that wasn't seen as talented. That was seen as, you know, selling out. And I know that... Um, yeah, there's, selling there's, out arenas everywhere. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> right? It's like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's a um, there's a video on YouTube, and I, it, it's from the New Jersey tour, but I know at one point John's doing an intro to Blood on Blood, and he says, you know, if writing songs about friendship and loyalty are so shallow and cliche, I feel sorry for the guy that just wrote that article about us. Because mm. it's, it's true. Like, they... They are just, they're so good and they do not, they, they still get a ton of crap. Like I know I got fun of, I got made fun of so much in school because I liked Bon Jovi until It's My Life came out and then everyone thought it was cool. I got to tell you straight up, I have, and maybe it's just because we grew up in different eras, Kristen, Bon Jovi has never gotten me made fun of. Oh, I'm jealous. Well- <laughs> I went through hell for that band. I had them on, like, when we would be able to cover our textbooks, I would have, you know, John Bon Jovi on there. I had my John Bon Jovi posters and my Bon Jovi posters, and everybody was just like, really? He looks like a girl. I'm like, he has chest hair. No, he doesn't. He has chest hair. (laughs) His hair's perfect because his dad was a hairdresser, okay? God. And he's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of perfect... You know, you talk about a breakout hit, and there there are breakout hits, and then there are songs that never leave uh, the zeitgeist once they're in there, and they're songs that become part of the pop culture and part of the fabric. You know, we talked about that with like Springsteen last time. Is is that every now and again um, these groups come along or these artists will come along, and and something will just hit everybody just right and this is an example of one of those things that just hit just right it it is one of their biggest hits of all time and it still uh gets people going to this day you it's another one of those that need no introduction
from the talking guitar right to the Bon Jovi pipes, right to getting to know Tommy and Gina. Tommy and Gina are someone we all root for to this day. You know, we just we, those kids are living on a prayer, and we're living right there with them. It is this this song. You talk about jams. This song it it jams. It's got heart. It's got soul. It's got you know. It's got that blue collar lyric stuff we talked about earlier and it is just it is it is that perfect storm of a song i i feel like bon jovi has like an amazing talent at being able to really like romanticize like the human condition and like the daily ebbs and flows of life because like you listen to living on a prayer and it's about struggling and all like and like it's not you know it's these people that aren't at the top of the game like they are down and out and like their lyrics you know like you live for the fight when that's all that you've got and it's just like yes Mm -hmm. because everyone's been there everybody understands that kind of lyric and I like I was talking to um the 80s um podcast on you know our Facebook page and like they were talking about one song that we're going to talk about later that does like callbacks to the album Slipper and Wet and I love how Bon Jovi has continued to do callbacks Mm -hmm. to Tommy and Gina yes. from Not a yeah. Prayer. Like you follow them on their journey just as much as the bands. Well, and that's what I'm saying. They they've become Tommy and Gina have become not just part not just names in a song, but almost people we know because either you've sung about them so much at karaoke bars, you've heard the song so much or on rock band or whatever the case may be, to the callbacks that you mentioned. It's like we know them. And yeah. we're rooting for them. And and you believe in it. You know, this is something you begin with. It's like, yeah, so living on a prayer, man. It, 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 I, love the, I love the word. Like I said, you live for the fight when it's all you got. And um, uh, we got each other. And that's a lot. You know? <laughs> Give it a shot. <laughs> and it is. I, this is. I, I'm, I'm going to coin a, a phrase. And it's inspired by you earlier. This is very much. This is very Springsteenian. Oh yeah, in its in it in its in its presentation, especially because you know you've got these characters, you've got this, you can see, you can visualize, you know, the working on the docks. He's he's put his guitar and he's had to pawn his guitar just to pay some bills, and you know you know there are other dreams there. You know they both have other things they want to be doing, but they're doing what they've got to do to get by. And and it, and you said it best. It wrote it does it romanticizes the human condition in that sense, but it also makes you not feel bad that you're in that spot if you're if that's where you're at you know it it it's a it gives you hope to keep powering through yep and so with fist rays man people jam out now living on a prayer is on slippery slippery and wet slippery and wet um which now give a bad name that wasn't on slippery with wet was it yeah it is okay okay Five songs are okay. on Slippery When Wet. Yeah, I was going to... Slippery When Wet is... You mentioned um, New Jersey being yep. like the perfect album. I feel like it's a one-two punch with Slippery When Wet and New Jersey. It kind of is, because I mean, like, pound for pound, they really are, like... And most people would say that, you know, Slippery When Wet's probably the better album just because of the three songs mm-hmm. that, you know, Bad Name, Prayer, and Wanted. Like, mm-hmm. people are going to say that that is the better album, but... I don't know, man. The lyrics on New Jersey, they just get me every time, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, uh, you mentioned it briefly here. Wanted Dead or Alive. This has become one of their more popular. Uh, this is one of those that is, has, has enjoyed a revival of sorts in uh, in recent years, thanks to the Deadliest Catch and that sort of thing. But this song, 
is, uh, well, let's listen to it. Now, the question is, how many people out there, when he said wanted, goes, wanted, even though that's not till later on the song. Every single one of you listening did that. You got to. It's it's the signature part in that song. And Steve, if you and I do not karaoke that song together at some point in our life, I will lose faith in humanity. Then, yeah, then, 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 then there is no God. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look. I got a story. I got to talk about Wanted Dead or Alive for a minute. This song um, became a huge part of my life without me even knowing about it. We were, uh, I was hanging out with some friends and I'd, I'd, I'd been in the town where I'm at. I've been back in the town where I'm at now for maybe a year, if that. And uh, these folks asked me to come over to the house one night. They're like, oh, we're just hanging out, playing some rock band. And uh, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I don't really play that very well, but I'll come over. And I was singing Guitar Hero. Well, they had rock band, which you sing with, you know. And um, so we hit up some uh, Wanted Dead or Alive on this thing. And me and this guy and another friend of ours just played this thing until we got it perfect. And I'm singing on it, you know. I'm I'm trying to hit everything just right. And we're just having a blast. And this friend of mine is Coach from the Big Honkin' Show. A lot of people know him as Coach. I tell stories about Coach all the time. Coach has a business, Knack 4 Productions, which is a DJ, MC business, that sort of thing. Whenever we go somewhere, whether it's a wedding, whether we're emceeing a big event, whether it's a party, when everything's said and done and we're taking stuff down, the last song we play of the night every time is Wanted Dead or Alive. That sounds like a place I need to be at. And it, it's just, it's just, it's our, it's our song for us to say, this is us, we're out, we're done. And, and it got played so much by us that his little girl, who at the time was like three or four, would start singing along with me and she'd be like i'm a cowboy on a heel horse i'll ride (laughs) (laughs) and so a couple it's been a while but a little while back um we decided just for the heck of it because you know we'd kind of outgrown the rock band thing and all or just gotten busy and never got together to play it 
we pulled it out for the heck of it. And I sat there on the couch and sang a few songs. I'm like, all right, let's just do Wanted. And I sat there with his little girl with the microphone between us just doing Wanted Dead or Alive. It is, this song is, and I'm ashamed to say this part of things, when I was in high school and this album came out, this or the Best Of album came out, Crossroad came out. And again, you got to remember how I was raised. I wasn't exposed to a lot of this music and I had to kind of go out and discover it on my own, you know, uh, no matter, you know, behind my mom and dad's back, that sort of thing. And, uh, and so I would always hear this and, and wanted dead or alive for me for the longest time was not blaze of glory. You know, that's, yeah, that's what I knew it as was not blaze of glory. And, um, and it wasn't until, you know, I really just shut up and listened to the thing and there's, there's so much I love the song at the end when they do when you do hear the piano come in and and you know you can just tell they're jamming on this thing they're feeling this thing and and it's not a cowboy song you know it's not from Young Guns 2 this is a this is a song about again that blue collar guy who's going who's almost a wanderer you know going around just trying to make his living doing his music you know with his <laughs> with a six string on his back you know do you know the story behind like the recording of this song, Steve? I don't. So when they were recording Slippery, John could not get the vocal for the song down, like at all. They were not getting down what they what he wanted to hear and what like the song really needed. So he got super frustrated and got completely hammered. Oh wow. Like stuttering, fall down, drunk, hammered, nailed the lyrics in one take. Wow. Yeah. So this is a drunk John Bon Jovi who could barely formulate a sentence sounding this good. Well, and and I guess afterwards he he figured out how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) He does it, you know, 50 billion times a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is the song that launched the Unplugged movement in the 90s on MTV. Yep. Uh, it was John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora sat on stage at either the uh, the VMAs or the probably the VMAs. I don't think they were doing the movie awards at that point, and did an unplugged version of the song. Which, if you've never heard or seen them do, you need to go do that now, and um, and you'll and you'll appreciate both of them so much more. Uh, and then that started a whole series that MTV did of MTV Unplugged, and uh, and. And I know at least with Eric Clapton, you know, his stuff from Unplugged got as big as his stuff from Cream and some of his other stuff that he did. Uh, you know, th- it was a big deal there in the 90s. This, the, the early to mid-90s was the Unplugged stuff. I know Nirvana did an Unplugged session and, and several other folks. And it was just, it was it was an event. These these Unplugged sessions that were done on MTV were events. And, and definitely you're worth your time checking out. But this was the song that started it all. Have I lost you, Kristen? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. You got really quiet all of a sudden. Because I was, I was YouTubing it because I wanted to see. Oh. <laughs> no, because I, because I'm like, oh my gosh, that is really good. And I don't, I am not a fan of acoustic stuff. Like yeah, I'm really, yeah. I'm really not a big fan of it. But I liked how in the '90s, like what the whole acoustic, um, what the whole acoustic thing meant was like. Yeah, guess what? Like the airwaves are really, you know, they're overdone right now and they are, you know, stuffed to the seams with, you know, glossy, perfect sounding things. So, you know what? We're going to strip down and show you that we are the real deal. Yeah, yeah. 
and um and and these guys did it with that one song and it was just amazing and i think that um you know i think that things went a little too far in that direction in the 90s for for you know on, on one hand of things and 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 what was once rock and roll disappeared for a minute and all the pop crap came about i feel like we're getting a little bit of resurgence of some good rock and roll here these days but um but i felt like we'd lost it for a little bit in the 90s but that's a whole other show <laughs> Oh my God! That is can that be the Kristen hates on everything grunge show? Yeah, <laughs> I really do because sure. I really do. Sure, sure. Uh, this next song, Kristen, is it all? It's off of uh, Slippery as well. Yes, it is. Okay. It's the last song on the album. Last song on the album. It's called uh, "Wild in the Streets." Again, you hit those, uh, those, I, I said it was going to be a theme throughout those blue collar lyrics, that storytelling lyrics, you know, um, just in case you missed it, folks, Joey is in this song, comes from a sacred part of town where sometimes you talk so tough that your feet don't touch the ground. Um, and so, uh, and, and it goes on to talk about just living young and living wild in the streets and having fun and that sort of thing. And, and and being a rebellious teenager. I mean, this is this is rock and roll. Yep. To me, like for for whatever reason, "Wild in the Streets" resonates as a very Jersey song. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like everyone that lives in the state has like a restlessness to them, where you kind of always want to you always want to bust out and like you know get you know do better than New Jersey. Not that anything's wrong with Jersey, because as I said last <laughs> time, I love it. Um, but, you know, you have things like, you know, sometimes this town ain't pretty, but you know it ain't so bad. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's your hometown. And sometimes, you know, you, you want to get out, but it's like, nope, this is this is where your roots are. And to me, this song has always just been, like, very Jersey. Like, make it the state song. I know Never Say Goodbye was almost a state song in New Jersey, but just make <laughs> Wild in the Streets a state song. I feel like it's got a little too much rebellious streak for the for the uppity-ups for old Chris it Christie. Does. That's why I never say goodbye did not make it yeah. either. <laughs> well, I, I still say, to, tangent, um, I still say that Georgia has the greatest state song in the in the nation. Georgia. Is it The Devil Went Down to Georgia? No, it's Georgia on my mind. Oh. <laughs> as, as performed by the great Ray Charles, which is a great story there, because Ray Charles, during the days of segregation and everything, 
uh, refused to he he refused to do a show I think in Augusta um, where they were making black people sit in the upper decks and you know wouldn't let them have good seats and so and that was the first time he'd really encountered that kind of racism and so he said well I'm not doing the show and so he kind of got banned from Georgia and um, and then when he did Georgia on my mind he ended up performing that in the well of the Capitol in Atlanta um, you know and it's just a it's a great little you know victory kind of thing to me that that's you know that that the song that he wrote and made famous i don't know if he wrote it but he made it famous um is you know that he performs in the capital of the state where for so long he was banned from performing that's totally rock and roll i love that it is it is um uh this next song i sorry we went from bon jovi to ray charles in a weird transition (laughs) i just got whiplash scene Well, this gives me whiplash because I'm always taken um, to a a Winnebago in space when I hear this song. And um, it is uh, in a a mog, not a dog, half man, a mog, half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. Uh, Jamming out to this song by Bon Jovi. Now, you could replace those lyrics with anything. You could just go, watermelon, 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 and I would just still jam out to this song. The only reason I included this song in our little list, Kristen, is because it absolutely jams and I absolutely love it. It does. You have to air guitar. If you don't air guitar when this song starts, come on, it's made to air guitar. It really is. This is like one of their harder songs to me. You know, it's just because of just the the drivingness of the guitar. And And I am. I'm always um I'm always taken back to that scene in Spaceballs with Barf dancing around eating his, you know, dog food out of a big chicken it looks like a Kentucky fried chicken bucket and and uh and Bill Pullman up in the front and Barf Barf <laughs> and he just and he calls him up to the front just to answer the phone. <laughs> 
I mean, they picked the perfect song. They picked the perfect song yes, for it. Yeah, and it's just your jam. And so on the last episode, I even said that, you know, uh, Bad Medicine was kind of my first exposure to Bon Jovi. This is a perfect example of me being exposed to something I loved and at the time not realizing it was Bon Jovi. Um, just because I was in like fourth grade. And again, conservative preacher's kid house, you know. And so I was just like, I really like that song that, that Barf dances to. And uh, but I never they you know and it was years later where I'm like oh my gosh that's Bon Jovi, so and that makes you love it even more. Oh my gosh, yeah I do. I mean I do, and it, and it, and like I say, there's there's no emotional connection. It doesn't make me feel anything other than uh, if I'm in a car drive faster. If I'm in my house jam harder. The thing that I love with this song, like I haven't really talked about like live experiences yet, but I'm mm-hmm. gonna now. Go so for it. Yes, up, come ready. on. Um. This song is such a good live song. Like, the crowd just goes bananas. Like, they freak out when this happens because it is one of their heavier songs. And they don't really play it that often live. Yeah. Um, and they played it at my my, fir- my first Bon Jovi show. is still my best set list that I've ever gotten. And they played this song. And, you know, everything to me then was just so new and fresh. I remember, like, grabbing my aunt and we, like, would <laughs> sing together. Like, we were John and Richie. <laughs> Like we we would we just had a blast and our seats are really close. That was like that was my best Bon Jovi experience yeah. ever. It was good. Well, um you talk about songs at jam and this next one we're back to the crossroad album now. Lay your hand uh, or not lay your hand, raise your hand and um Wild in the Streets are not on Crossroad, but this one is and this one is um well, it is the church song of the Bon Jovi. <laughs> it's it almost is. Other than some of the stuff off of Keep the Faith, this is this is like almost the church song. It's Lay Your Hands on Me. And it's got a long intro, so we can just kind of I'm I don't want to fast forward through it because I love the drums and I love what's going on here. This 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 first part as you listen to this first part, it's it's all that arena rock stuff again. And um have you seen this live, Kristen? I have, and it's like... Go ahead. It's so long, the song. It's like 15 minutes live. Yeah. (laughs) No lie, it really is. (laughs) It's just, but I just imagine just being in the crowd and just getting in it. Yeah! Oh, you clap, you scream, like you can make everyone go, hey, yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, Well, this is Lay Your Hands on Me. That organ, hit that organ. Lay 
so this song, not you know, we talked about it as we were trying to talk over some of the intro. There is um, very much a arena song. I mean, you can definitely hear how the people get into it. But I want to just advise everyone out there: don't ever um, just walk up to a girl and start singing these lyrics to her. It doesn't work. No, well, I would probably laugh and say, "Huh, Bon Jovi fan, what's up?" <laughs> or if it was John Bon Jovi, I'd say, "Hey, how you doing?" Uh, there you go. <laughs> all about it. All about this life. <laughs> if you just take a second and appreciate, like, okay, Slippery and Wet. Like we were just talking about how of a crazy killer album that it is. Yes. So think of all the pressure that this band had to do a follow up Mm -hmm. that, you know, held a candle to it. And this is the first thing you hear when you put the needle to the record. Uh, I you just gave me chills. I mean, like (laughs) just I just imagining because I mean, I've done that with so many other groups like I like them so much and I can't wait to get the new album and. You know, as of course, when I was in high schools, when CDs were coming out, and I wanted to be on the cutting edge, and so I'd get the CD, I'd put it in, and something would start, and there were so many times where it was just a disappointment. Yep. You know, but with this, it's like, oh my gosh, I could, I, I could just imagine putting this on, and as you said, putting the needle on it for the first time, and just hearing, you know, spill forth those drums, and you just feel like, oh my gosh, is this a live album? Because they do have all the voices going, hey. Mm-hmm. And and then that organ kicks in. You're like, oh, we're in church with Bon Jovi. And then it just, bam, you know, just goes right into it. Check this out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of two, like, again, like with the video, like this is one of my all-time favorite videos. I am a sucker for a live video. And this is, to me, is the ultimate live video to the point where they even have an interlude in the middle of it where John's singing live on the mic and he lets the crowd just go and sing. Uh, and it's awesome. And this is the one, this is where, like, they, they show the crowd and then, like, the lights light up at the time they say hey and everything, right? Isn't that the video? Yeah, exactly. Yes, and he yeah. goes, like, above the crowd on the catwalk up there. Mm. Yeah. Gosh, uh, it is. It, it's a song. Like I say, it's Bon Jovi at church, and I say that because of the organ. But it it's also just one of those things that if you're not behind this band by the end of the song, then you don't like rock and roll. No, I mean straight up. If, if like if you're listening to us right now and you're saying, "Well, Bon Jovi's not really my cup of tea, guys." Well, first <laughs> off, stop drinking tea. Secondly, <laughs> you, you don't like rock and roll. I mean, this, there's no, I had, my youth pastor used to joke with me, he's like, well, you know what, no good rock and roll, he said, he said, it's not real rock and roll until you get an organ in there. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> here it is. And I direct you to one of my favorite rock bands of all time, the Electric Mayhem from the Muppets, they have an organ, so, you know, I, I said, well, he must be right, but, the, and it's in this, it's so, gosh, it is good, but it's also, again, it's, it's a song that, like I say, you don't want to walk up to a girl and, and, and say these lyrics to, you know, unless you know her and you can kind of joke around. Because it is kind of, it's like, you know, you're, you're it's sexy. Oh, yeah. You know? If you show me how to get up off the ground. I could show you how to fly and never, ever come back down. Mm. Hush your mouth. <laughs> so- <laughs> this is the hardest we've ever geeked out over anything. I know, I right? Point out, it's totally lay your hands on me. <laughs> Well, the next one is uh, is is from New Jersey, and it is, oh man, it to me it's one of the greatest love songs of all time. Oh crap! Wait, sorry. Uh, 
Vamp for me, Kristen. Do we have to do we have to do it? Two, three, four. <laughs> na, 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 na. Uh well no, I I've been cleaning up my uh my hard drive and um okay, here it comes. And uh and, and so in doing that, some files have gotten shifted around. I didn't think about it, and so iTunes was like, Cannot locate this file, so I had to go find it real quick. But here we go. One of the greatest love songs of all time, in my opinion. So yeah, this song to me has always been one of my favorite Bon Jovi songs. You'll enjoy this, Steve, because this song, when my aunt and my uncle got married, this is a song that they walked into their wedding reception to. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So talk about love song, like that is what I associate it with. And talking about, you know, the human condition and being down and out, like, you know, light a candle, blow the world away, table for two on a TV tray. Love it. Give me a TV tray. Where's my TV dinner? Seriously, because I want to sit down with John Bon Jovi and have one. It is. It is. It's that. Am I breaking up again? Yeah, kind of a little bit. Okay, let's refresh the call. I'm going to pause the recording and re- edit. I just have to put that in there, so I'll know to edit. Um, it, it is. It's, it's one of those things where the song, if you're just listening to it and not paying attention to what it's talking about, you think it's just a good rock jamming song you know it just jams and then when you hear what it's talking about it's talking about two people against the world and they're going to stick together through it all because they were made for one another and i just i i I wasn't joking i was a little bit because we're about to hit some other songs in a minute you know (laughs) can't wait (laughs) I'm, i'm a fan of running gags so just go ahead and be ready for the greatest love song of all time to be said three or four times now from this point on but it i do i do love the song because it does jam and it's got such a a cool um just a cool story you know in it and and that's um and to me that's those are the components to me for a good song, especially a Bon Jovi song. You know, it goes back to what we've we've said, and I said it would be recurring throughout, as you've already said. It's that blue-collar stuff, that blue-collar stuff, but it also just jams. And and I think what it does, if we can get a little um, uh, deep, not not real deep, but a little deep, I think what it does like this and Living on a Prayer, you know, do, I think it really helps kind of show that, look, just 
having someone not just not not a not a cheesy little puppy love kind of thing, but knowing that you're with a person who really is who does have your back, who you're both on the same team, that it really is for better or for worse, that it makes those times more hopeful to go through. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, you know, I feel like everyone wants like everyone wants to know where it's like when we're down and out, like, like you said, it's like got my partner next to me and like, they are so good at writing songs that are about that. Like, all right, here we go. Like we're going through it. Let's stick our, get our nose to the grindstone and let's just get through this. Cause we can definitely, definitely. And that's, and that's the thing. And that's, that's what I love about it. And I haven't said this. I don't think enough. That's one of the things I love about Bon Jovi is, is that all of these songs that, that are huge on their, on, on, you know, on, on everyone's radar, they're not brooding, sad songs necessarily. There are a few of them, you know, that, that have a little angst to it. We talked about angst in the last one, but, but the angst is covered up in hope too. You know, it's like we can get through this or you can get past this or, or you're chasing a dream and that's worth every, that's worth living for. Yep. And uh, and and so I, that's what I dig about. I like the positive rock. So. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad thing. Not a bad thing to be positive. There you go. One thing I'll say about this song too that I love, and like you know, we talked last time about you know the bad medicine vocal, and mm-hmm. like when he sings these these song, like lyrics, like for this one especially, like you feel it. Like we're gonna talk about it with one song in particular later on mm-hmm. in a few minutes, mm-hmm. but like you feel it. Like it is that like he's stretching those vocal cords in terms of like, you know what? I believe this so hard. Like, you know, you were born to be my baby and we like, we'll get through it. Yeah, definitely. Well, and we go from the greatest love song of all time. To uh, the greatest love song of all time. Thank you, Kristen, to the greatest love song of all time. (laughs) This one, this one hits me in the chest, uh, right out of the gate every time. Now, 
the lyrics to this song only get more intense. <laughs> it is, uh, this is the song of hanging on to something. I'm telling you, when uh, just the way he sings, I guess this time you're really leaving. Oh, Just from go, from go, you're like, uh-oh, this isn't a happy one. This is not a happy one. <laughs> For me, like this song, just like right, like right before he screams, where he's, you know, I wasn't there to make you happy. Oh, there yes. you were down. You know, didn't mean to miss your birthday, baby. I wish I'd seen you blow those candles out. Like, mm. oh my God, tears. Oh. That's ah, uh, yeah. Um, when you breathe, I want to be there for you. I mean, come on, let's just. It, it is. This is this song. If you don't feel it, you have no heart. Um, my, this is my thing with Bon Jovi and these sorts of songs. I'm like, for people that don't, that they're like, why do girls like Bon Jovi? Why, like, why do you, why do guys go to Bon Jovi concerts? Because of that. <laughs> because yeah. that was at the heartstrings mm. and it gets, it gets some girls. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to get down here. Um, cause you were talking about, you were talking about just before he just screams there about the, after the birthday. Um, I love the the bridge where he says, you know, my hands are dirty, but I wanted to be your Valentine. I'll be the water when you get thirsty. When you get drunk, I'll be the wine. Oh, so good. I mean, it's like, I wish I could think of this stuff, you know, it, and, and it is. It, the thing is, like I say, even dudes, even dudes have hearts. I mean, guys try to act all tough and everything. Everybody knows if you've ever had your heart broken, you felt this. You felt everything he's saying. You've made all these same promises, especially if the breakup was your fault, you know. And oh, oh. and like we were talking about angst last week. Like, talk about angst. These are some angsty lyrics. Yeah, yeah. But at, at the same time, it's like I, I just want to. I want to. I want to believe they work out. Right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> you want to believe it's Tommy and Gina and they made it they made it work in the end. That's right. That's right. So I it's it is the greatest love song of all time. I mean it's like <laughs> <laughs> we five more of those, Steve. That's true. That's true. Um this one is also off of New Jersey, correct? Yes it is, and it is the greatest love song of all time. All right. It's called Wild Is the Wind.
Well, you wanted angst. There it is. I mean, that is that is kick myself while I'm down angst right there. That is, I have I have messed up and I can't do this. Like when you get down to the end of the song, he's saying maybe a better maybe a better man would live and die for you. A better man would never say goodbye to you. Kills me. I mean, right through the heart. There it was. <laughs> this is this is this feels like their um uh oh my gosh, what is the song? Here here I am on the road again. Turn the page. Turn the page, thank you. It's uh it's it's like it's like their turn the page. <clears throat> because wild is the wind that takes me away. It's a it's a traveling man song. Yes it is. And um in in the life of of someone who has to constantly leave and can't be there. Oh God, it just hurts. This is one song like we were talking about Def Leppard last podcast, and I was like, you know, I'd pay an obscene amount of money to see Gods of War live. Like Bon Jovi could literally just walk out on stage, play this song, and play Living in Sin, and walk off. It could be an eight minute concert, <laughs> and I would pay top dollar to see those two songs. <laughs> Oh, it's a it's a sad song. I mean, it's it's very much like if you're feeling if you if you're feeling down on yourself, listen to the song and you know, just keep the party going. <laughs> yeah, keep that pity party going. There's that alcohol that we were doing the drinking game with. What? Yeah. <laughs> jam, 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 guys, come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a good, but it's it's the structure of the song is good though. Yeah, because it it takes you it takes that journey where it's like all right well what's what's the deal and then you kind of get a little bit more into it more into it you have the guitar work like the intro in the beginning that, okay that's fantastic. that's the other thing that's the thing i also want to bring up is we haven't really in all this talk about bon jovi we've we've really focused on john bon jovi himself we've not really talked about the the guitar work of richie sambora and here it is it, case case one okay there you go exhibit a um he he is he now he doesn't necessarily have because the the band's a different type of band he doesn't necessarily have that signature sound of like a slash mm-hmm. but when he gets to go and when he gets to show off he's very classical in his approach especially on this song but he's he's very solid and such a good guitarist and um <clears throat> and I love the songs where you do get to hear him kind of go off a little bit and we and there's a lot of that but because we're playing such short snippets of the songs we don't get to that point in the song really to hear him do that so this one opened though with him on that acoustic and just he i i appreciate a good guitarist seriously they make they make things so much better and well like a song can be like a great song like if this song had a different guitar or like a crummy guitar like it wouldn't be the same it'd be like the lyrics are really good Mm -hmm. the song's all right yep yep um, well, we moved from that. That's the last, is that the last one off of New Jersey? It is, isn't it? It is. Yep. And we moved from that to one that was from, uh, a movie. <laughs> it was, it was Young Guns 2, right? Yeah. I like to think of this as the Han Solo theme, to be honest with you. If, <laughs> if, if, if that has to be on YouTube, <clears throat> someone has had to have done that. If Star Wars were, were scored with rock and roll instead of the amazing John Williams music. I feel like this would be Han Han Solo's theme, and it's called uh, "Blaze of Glory" or "Not Wanted, Dead or Alive."
pillow in the earth was last night's bed. I don't know where I'm going. Only God knows where I've been. I'm a devil on the run, a six-gun lover, a candle in the wind. I'm torn because I want to keep going, but she whiz, it's, it goes long. But um, <laughs> this, I, I really, I mean, this is just, it's on Crossroad. We're back to the Crossroad, the best of stuff. But um, this is one of those signature songs that everybody knows. I, you know, there's, no, there's no getting around it. I mean, when they hit that blaze of glory, can't you just see the Millennium Falcon driving by the screen? Absolutely. Oh, my God. I tell you, someone needs to do that on YouTube. Like, if it's not up, it needs to get done. And credit Rock Out Loud. Um, uh, yeah. Because I've been thinking about doing that for ages. I've just not taken the time to sit down and capture all the video and put it all together. <laughs> <laughs> someone else could do that. Someone else much more talented than yeah, us. Yeah, there on. you go. There you go. Um, this is, you know, like I say, we're going through Crossroad, most of what's on Crossroad, and and this is uh, a favorite song of many. And, you know, like I say, for the longest time, I saw Wanted Dead or, Dead or Alive as not Blaze of Glory. But now, as much as I love Blaze of Glory, I just look at it and say, yeah, it's not Wanted Dead or Alive. Um, <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. I know, right? Hoisted on my own petard. But it still jams. I mean, I still dig Blaze of Glory, and I'll still just... I mean, it's another one. I will gladly karaoke with somebody if they wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll hit it. I'll hit That's it up, cool. you know. I'll act like I'm a cowboy. <laughs> like, my the thing with Blaze of Glory to me is sometimes I am happy that I was born, like, late. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when Bon Jovi ended, the like, the Jersey Syndicate tour for New Jersey... Like, they didn't even know that they would ever get back together because they all hated one another. Hmm. So, like, I don't know if I could have dealt with that anguish of never, <laughs> like, hearing another Bon Jovi album and then being given this, which is so good. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, well, this is fantastic, but I'm never going to get Bon Jovi again. I don't like this. I can't deal with that. <laughs> so now I know that there's plenty, there's plenty to come. Thank yes. God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's funny to me is that the best thing to come out of Young Guns 2 was the soundtrack. Yeah, so. I mean, John Bon Jovi is in it for like six seconds. He dies, and that's pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Not that was, he dies. Was that his first on-screen stuff, like acting? I think so. Yeah, because it was like it was literally three seconds. It's not even a speaking part. <laughs> well, you know, he eventually showed up on Ally McBeal for a while. Yep, in yeah. Sex in the City. Yeah, he's just all over the place, man. I will watch anything that he is in. <laughs> now we're getting more up to Steve in high school time. Um, we're getting a lot closer to, you know, with, with this next album, which to me, uh, it's a, it's a good outing, but there was just, there were a few things here and there that never really, that didn't quite capture what New Jersey and Slippery did, um, when, when they hit this. And this is, uh, again, playing off the crossroad stuff. This is, uh, keep the faith, which Kristen, they would have told you to do in your despair of them, you know, going their, going their separate ways for a little while. I hope so. 
Can we just say Bon Jovi loves like the soft intros to music? They do, and then they rock your face off. That's right. <laughs> like you don't know what's coming, but we do. The year was 1992. Um, the the whole there, there was a lot that was leaving at the time. There was a lot of stuff just going away uh, that had gotten big there in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, and throughout the the whole of the 80s. And one of those things was the idea of of the hair of what people call the hair metal. You know, oh. the the rock and roll metal was going away. Um, Nirvana had kind of hit the scene. the the Seattle invasion, if you will, was starting to take shape. Um, you know, uh, with with Nirvana's uh, Nevermind in 1991, and and the grunge movement was starting to happen. And so this this brand of music was really leaving us. <laughs> Yep, and leaving the forefront, and and I call it, <clears throat> I call it the dark times. It um, is. It's the dark ages. It it really it really was, and because it wasn't just that this band that this not this band but this style of music left the pop culture scene, you know, left the forefront of pop culture. It's that it began to be shunned and treated as junk, you know, by by people at large. It became not cool to enjoy life and have fun. That's right. Exactly. It became cool to complain about life and remind everybody of how crappy life can be sometimes. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, and and, and so this this album, I don't know that it hit as big. Um, the, you know, a couple of tracks off it did, of course, hit hit big on the pop charts, but I don't know that it hit as big. And, and has the same warm reception as does New Jersey, as does Slippery When Wet, those sorts of things. Um, but I do know this. I know that uh, this album was the last I was really aware of Bon Jovi doing anything musically for the next six years. Yeah. And, um, and, and there's some good stuff on this album. Keep the Faith is not one of my favorite songs, to be honest, 
but I Mine do either. I do love the bass line. I, I do love the the way that the bass drives that song. Um, bass. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for bass lines, as as we've said. Um, I say all that to say, you know, after after I kind of crap all over Keep the Faith, which I don't mean to. I'm not saying it's a bad song. It's just not one of my favorites. Uh, we get what is quite possibly the greatest love song of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it might be. It it very well could be. And um, this this song itself deserves an entire podcast just for the song. Uh, yeah, Bed of Roses. If it goes long, I'm sorry. I'm going to try to tear myself away. Straight up serious business. I don't know if you've ever been a teenager before, Kristen. Um, a little bit. I mean, I got to tell you something. This is one of those songs that I, by the time I was like a junior in high school, I fancied myself a poet. And, okay. ha- and, and, and this is like the soundtrack of me sitting in my bedroom trying to write bad poetry. And just trying to capture just some of the feeling of this song, having never experienced life in the way that I thought I had experienced life, you know. And um, that's embarrassing to say out loud, but this this is just one of those songs that in you know that you put on repeat for yourself, for the girl you were crushing on, for whoever, because this 
this song is just, it's one of those perfect songs. It really is. I mean, this song makes me hate technology, and I will tell you why. Because you have lyrics in this song, like, a king's ransom in dimes I'd give each night to see through this payphone. Mm. And now, guess what? Some people don't even know what payphones are. Right. And two, we have things that you can see on your cell phone when you're talking to someone. That's true. Like, that longing is not there anymore, and it kills me. Oh, my gosh. I have not even thought about that. Because in my mind, I can just see standing at... Because, okay, straight up, there was a girl in high school who we were like, quote unquote, best friends. But of course I liked her, you know, more than just that. Um, you know, I, at the time I would have been like, well, I love this girl. I'm in love with her. You know, that kind of thing. But no, no I've never said that out loud, but you know, that's what I was feeling. And I would literally, whenever I'd go off anywhere that she wasn't going, I would make sure to have just a bunch of quarters to feed into a payphone so I could call her and just see what's up. Oh my God, that's fantastic! See, that's that doesn't happen anymore. I know, I know, right? Now you just Facebook somebody, say, "Hey, what's going on?" Oh, you're married. See ya. Um, you know <laughs> that kind of thing. But no, like I just, it, it's the idea of standing there and constantly having to feed this thing, and just wishing that you were right there with the person, or wishing the person was right there with you, uh, and. And that line, I, I've never even thought about how technology has messed up the, the meaning of this song for some people because it's not, I'm, I guess I'm just an old man and it's not lost on me at all. <laughs> I took it there. I took it deep. I brought it to, you know, the 24-year-old's perspective. Not okay with it. I hear you. Well, I almost feel like, though, too, this song is kind of a, um, a backhanded slap to November Rain. November November Rain released in 91 on Use Your Illusion 1 by Guns N' Roses. And this song has a lot of the same... It doesn't have the same feel, of course, because November Rain kind of builds to a different place. But um, but just the kind of the whole start of it and everything, you know, and, and just trying to... And I think in the battle of, of ballads, Bon Jovi wins. I was going to say, what do you pick, Steve? Oh, Bed of I Roses. Do, Bed I of Roses. I do pick Bed of Roses, man. Woo! And, you know, Carl and I have talked about this on Know What I'm Saying, and we both talk about how this this is one song that, and again, I don't want to project anything on the artist. I don't want to put anything there that's not there. But I feel like more than just about any other song bon jo- John Bon Jovi ever sang, he felt Bed of Roses. Oh, yeah. There is something behind his singing because he belts it out and he pours so you just it's there i mean there's you just can't part of part of the success and part of the the greatness of this song is just his delivery of these lyrics it just tugs at the heartstrings oh, oh it tugs God. at something i'm telling you straight up it's amazing can we do that thing where we cut a promo on someone? Yeah, go for it. Okay, can we cut a promo on the Mixler Zoo crew for that one time that you played this song and they were just chatting all over it and making fun of it? Like, how do you do that? Oh, uh, well, you know, uh, let me tell you something right now, Mean Gene, as it were. Uh, that's how you start a promo, even if Gene Oakland's not there. Mean Gene, Gene Oakland was like the announcer and they would talk to him. Let me tell you something about the Mixer Zoo crew over at the Big Honkin' Show. Every now and again, they get caught up in their little games and their little chatty stuff and their little stuff that they want to go and have fun with. And they forget that there's a show that's being driven by someone who is the host of said show. And so rather than appreciate what's being given to them, they just want to, they just want to step all over it. So you know what I do in times like that? I take a break for about a week. <laughs> make, it, make them appreciate what they've got. <laughs> 
that's why there hasn't been one. That's right. I was. I had this flash of remembering that time I played Bed of Roses and they just all crapped all over. And I'm like, no, I'm done with you people for a week. You know, I was defending Steve. I was like, you guys do not talk during this part. That's right. Everyone just shh. Just shh. Zip it. Everyone cue the video up. Cue the video up. Exactly. Zip it. <laughs> um... This next one, is it, it's off, I don't want to leave Bed of Roses. We should have ended with that one. This next one, is it off of, uh, off of Keep the Faith as well? It is. It's a song that comes before Bed of Roses. Oh, this is the prequel, ladies and gentlemen, to Bed of Roses. It's In These Arms. That is like the perfect missing you song, right? I mean, that it is, is, yeah, it is, it is so good. I'm, I, I'm, I'm ashamed sometimes when I sit down and I, and and I'm talking to you. It's like there's so much good stuff that I just don't know because all of my discovery a lot of times came through, you know, the big hits and stuff. And then I might explore a little bit off of that, but then I'd get distracted by something else and jump over here and jump over there, and so. And so then to 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 sit and hear a song like this, I'm like, I should I this is one of those songs that I should have been using on the ladies back in the day. <laughs> See, Steve, this is why I'm here. I am here to help. I am here to ex- expose you to all these awesome, fabulous gem songs. I hear you, and and everyone else too, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, in There's these arms, this song where like you know. The, the the lyrics that he says, you know, he sings, you know, these were our words, you know, our words were our songs, our songs are our prayers, these prayers keep me strong, and I'd still believe if you were in these arms. Like, oh, oh. my God. So good. Man. Uh, go back over that one. Let, let me, I'm trying to pull it up real quick. Um, so it says, and these were our words, our words were our songs, yes. our songs are our prayers, these prayers keep me strong, and I'd still believe if you were in these arms. Mm, man. 
That's that's deep. Right? That's that is poetry. deep. That is that is like I I lose faith when you're not around. I do the opposite of what this album title is if you're <laughs> not with me. That's what <laughs> Reduced me to. That's and uh, and it jams a little bit too. Oh yeah, so. it's got it's got that groove. Like oh my god, I love this song so much. And there is a set like to be superficial. There is a part in this video where John's on a catwalk and he's crawling on it to a girl that's doing like the crook finger to him. Uh oh. I want to be that girl. Uh-oh. I want to be that girl. <laughs> I want to crawl to me on a stage. I would die. <laughs> I would also like to be the girl he slow dances with during Bed of Roses. I would, mm. oh, that's my end all be all. I could die after that. I seriously. mean, I kind of want to be the girl he slow dances with in Bed of Roses, too. Right? Let's make so, it happen, Steve. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I would be like Chris Farley in that skit, in that uh, sketch he did with Patrick Swayze where they were Chippendales dancers. Ah, that'd be awesome, though. And then he'd probably give you a kiss on the cheek. And then you could say, oh, my God, John Bon Jovi kissed my cheek, never washing my face again. And I would never let you live it down that that happened to me. I, okay, like, t- tangent, My when I was in Florida for college, my dad saw Bruce Springsteen, and he saw Bruce Springsteen from the front row and sent me a picture of his hand on the stage. Oh, wow. Said, Wish you were here. And I said, I'm standing on the chair. The noose is set up. I'm putting it around my neck, and I'm going to hang myself. Thank you. Like, wow. that is what I would do to you, wow. Steve. You can't do that to me. <laughs> Don't be a life ruiner, man. You know what? I would just play this next song for you. about this song Kristen why well because on one hand it's just it's what we've been talking about all night long it is the this goes beyond blue collar lyrics I mean this is like there's some dark stuff in those first couple of verses there Mm -hmm. and uh and it's the whole idea of overcoming all that and you know and getting past it and and someday I'll be Saturday night you know I feel like it's Monday but someday I'll be Saturday night. in other words someday I'll get that point where it's party it's happy it's good times the problem I have with this song is it is like a precursor to the country slant that 
John would take later on. Yeah, it kind of is. You know, I do love this song though, but yeah, like to me, like I am a Bon Jovi fan. I I love them; they're fantastic. But honestly, after Bounce, I have hardly even listened to a Bon Jovi record. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it it's 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 not. I don't want to. I don't want to use the word sad, but it's just hard to kind of when you love them for what was done. Good Lord, almost twenty years ago, you know, to or more than twenty. I don't 30. do math. Yeah, good night. Yeah, almost thirty years ago. Good Lord, I'm old. Um, you know, it's hard to, you can't expect someone to maintain the level of what they were doing, not necessarily in lyric quality, because I'm, you know, of course they can do that, but just in the performance and the way they perform, people are going to change, people are going to evolve. And so if that leaves kind of your taste wheelhouse, it's sad, you know, but it's, it's just the way it is sometimes. But I do, this song I do like, and, and like, and like I said, you know, we've been talking about all night, that whole idea of let's talk about some of the rough stuff, but also kind of instead of doing what was being done at the time this song was released and, you know, wallowing in it, it's like, no, I'm going to get past this. I'm going to get by. There's a tough New Jersey attitude coming through there, Kristen. Yeah, buddy. That's what we are. We're tough. Jersey strong. Jersey tough. Jersey strong. Jersey this tough. is like this song live is fantastic too. Like I've, I've seen Bon Jovi six times and then I stopped cause they kept doing the same songs all the time. Mm-hmm. But this, like, this song always got everyone going, like even like to the point where it was almost kind of like you know probably a few steps below living on a prayer. Like that's how much people respond to this song, and I think it's because it's that down and out attitude where it's like, but you know what? Like like you said, someday I I'll be Saturday night. Someday I will be in the happy place, and all this will have been worth it. Well, and you also need to understand that I'm now firmly entrenched since we hit Blaze of Glory. I'm firmly entrenched in Bon Jovi nostalgia for for around that time of my high school career, mm-hmm. and um, and though this song wasn't really on a lot of our radar, uh, this next one certainly was. This this next one was at every little middle school dance and high school dance, you know, when we went off to different club events and that sort of thing. This got played at some point in the night um, because this was. Uh, Probably one of the greatest love songs of all time.
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it needs to get said. Yeah. I mean, like, it is the, you know, if. If Wild is the Wind is um, is a good Missing You song, this is an incredible Missing You You know, I, it is just, it, it's what it's supposed to be. Yep. Um, and, and this, and it got, it got a lot of radio play when it was out. You know, I mean, this was probably one of their bigger hits off this album. And um, I just, uh, I just remember, like I say, I remember all the little dances with it. And I remember mixtapes with this song on there or a mixtape, <laughs> you know, with this song on it. And, and that's, that's what this takes me back to. It, it, it's not one of my favorite songs of theirs, but I do love it. I love the way it's sung. I love the sentiment there. And I love the fact that it's someone who is the, the whole line where he says, I can't sing a love song like the way it's meant to be. And you know, that's, that's how ripped apart he feels because this person's gone. Like, Allow me to geek out about lyrics once again, Go but like it. my favorite, favorite part of the song is when they come back after the guitar solo and, you know, he sings, well, there ain't no luck in these loaded dice, but mm-hmm. baby, if you give me just one more try, we could pack up our old dreams and our old lives and we'll find a place where the sun still shines. And I will it. love you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm. So good. It is. It really is. <laughs> Have you ever watched um, Bon Jovi Live in London from 1995? No. Okay. It's on YouTube. And the version of this song and then the next song that, like, you blew my mind when you're like, nope, we're going to play this tonight. Um, Those versions of those songs are so good. I'm going to send you the link, like, as soon as we're done. Like, as soon as you wrap up Bye Bye, song. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to get it in your Twitter (laughs) feed. Um, Because always, like... He goes, like, they do this long, like, interlude before they completely, like, bring it around again to the end. Mm -hmm. And it's very Springsteen because he, like, sings, you know, through the wind, through the snow, through the driving rain, I'll crawl all the way home. Oh, my God. Mm. I can't. I have goosebumps. (laughs) Well, uh, I want to see it now. I want to see it. (laughs) This this next song that you mentioned... Uh, I put it on here again for and it's it's the, these these last two songs. Uh, the last one in particular is just it's it's a, it's the story behind it for me more than anything else. This song is the feeling behind it more than anything else. This was released in June of 1995. I graduated high school in June of 1995, and this was one of the big radio hits off of this particular album. Mm-hmm. And when, when, when you have a crush or you're quote unquote in love with someone that you graduated with and you're still in touch all summer long, you're doing everything you can because you know you're about to go your separate ways to college or whatever. You know, you're doing everything you can to keep that connection and keep that stuff alive. And this, for me, this was like, they just gave it to me. You know, they gave me everything I need to be able to keep hope alive. (laughs) (laughs) But it can happen. It can happen. It can happen. If, if she'll just listen and understand that this is how I feel. And this is, this ain't a love song off of these days. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) iTunes. I was building up so good. Edit. I'm just going to edit and go right into it. But let me find it here real quick. Cause I want to play it. Stupid. 
stupid, stupid, stupid. This is stupid. You're stupid. This album is so underrated, by the way. This is one of their best albums these days. And some people don't even know it exists. Yeah, well, it, again, it's because of the time it came out in. And yep. so um, this is it. This ain't a love song. And I've got the volume down. Stupid <laughs> Steve. Here we go. Should have seen it coming when the roses died. Should have seen the end of summer in your eyes. Should have listened when you said goodnight. You really meant goodbye. Baby, ain't it funny how we never ever learn to fall? You're really on your knees. Don't think you're standing tall. But only fools are know it all. And I prayed that fool for you. I cried and I cried every night that I died for you, baby. I tried and I tried and didn't I? love took me crazy, baby. If the love that I've got for you's gone, if the river I've ride ain't that long, then I'm I love the chorus of that song. Absolutely love the chorus of that song. To me, it doesn't get any better than than that. And um, it is just, it's like, look, if 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 all this stuff is true, then what I'm singing right now ain't a love song. But guess what? What I'm singing right now, it's a it's love song. Totally love song. <laughs> and it and it's probably the greatest love song of all time. <laughs> Cause this this one is so angsty. Like this one um, on Valentine's Day this year, I kept saying, and everybody was laughing at me. I'm like, nope, this Valentine's Day is all about the angsty love song. And I kept posting, "Wild is the wind," and this ain't a love song. Cause this song, oh, we need to karaoke it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then and and then he just does the classic Bon Jovi thing when you hit the end, and. And you get those those lyrics, or you get that vocals of just like he just belts it out, and I'm just like, again, it's one of those things where I don't want to put anything on the artist that may or may not be there, but it's like he feels this, you know, someone feels this, <laughs> I feel this, you know. <laughs> I feel like this album was like like because everyone says you know oh keep the faith is you know the mature Bon Jovi album, mm -hmm. but like. This like John had like kids like by this time like mm -hmm. I feel like this is really the maturation of a band and just you know this is this is the real life album like yeah. songs like Hey God and These Days and um, something to believe in whoo that's some heavy stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it's it you, again it's one of those things where you see that you not just musically but also lyrically you start to see that evolution and you and you see the fullness of that evolution come about in this because by the time once you hit post 1995 with with John Bon Jovi especially because he's the one that stayed mostly in the in the public eye for a little bit um you know you feel like they've moved on you know this was kind of like their swan song and you feel like they might have moved 
on to other things, whether it's the acting or, or whatever the case may be. And, um, and it was a good, this was, this album was really a good way to kind of say, all right, we're going to cap it off, but they didn't, you know, but I'm just saying it, it's definitely a good way to cap it off it, as much as I feel like what they came back with in 98 or what they brought around in 98 was a good way to come back. Um, and, and that's with, uh, with Crush. Yep. And, um, Crush was an album, the first single that was released off of it was It's My Life. And, uh, and as much as I have a story, you know, about, hey, this, this song was my hope trying to hold on to something from high school, Crush, or really It's My Life, is the song, this takes me back to being in college, working at McDonald's, trying to, you know, trying to keep rent paid and all this other stuff, and, and driving home and hearing this on the radio and knowing immediately it was Bon Jovi, knowing immediately it was, they were, you know, they were back. It felt like though it had only been a few years since they'd kind of released an album. It felt like it'd been an eternity. Yep. And this song sounded like Bon Jovi. And that's what excited me. It's, it's my life off of uh crush. song for the broken hearted I got it at that point because you mentioned earlier they do some throwbacks and that's the big one right there you know they say this one's for the this one's for the ones who never back down or who never lost their ground for Tommy and Gina who never back down and uh in this song <clears throat> just when I heard it the first time and that's really why I included on this is is some of my favorite you know is one of my favorite Bon Jovi songs is just because the it brought me back to everything I loved about this band, everything I loved about this style of music. And it was kind of like, it was, it was a shower to wash away, uh, Eagle Eye Cherry. And I'm serious. That's that stupid song that they played in rotation, like every 30 minutes at save tonight or whatever. And then, and, and to wash away all this, like, like I say, the grunge movement had really done a lot to damage what I consider to be just the best rock and roll. And, and to, and to make people kind of scoff at it and, and, and dismiss it. And 
as that moved out of the way and as grunge kind of went its own way, because what you find out is you get over your angst and you get over the stuff and you find out you can keep living life. And so all of a sudden your music doesn't have the same edge as it once did. And, you know, and, and suddenly Eddie Vedder's playing a ukulele and, <laughs> and, and I'm not, I mean, I'm being snarky a little bit, but at the same time, what the, the void that was filled, you know, in, in, in 95, 96, 97, really 94 to about 97, 98, the, the void of rock and roll was filled with some of the worst music in history. So many one hit wonders, so much dance, so much pop. It's just, that, that was not good. And it's carried over and it carried over really into the first decade of the two thousands in a bad way. Yeah. We can thank grunge and Nirvana for bands like Creed and Nickelback. Well, uh, well, I have a few Nickelback songs that I like. Oh, <laughs> and, Steven! Yeah, and I like I like some Creed as well. There's some Creed that I like. So, but so, I me, would... with "It's My Life," like "It's My Life" was my first time that I was able to experience like Bon Jovi in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned every single thing about them and you know read all the magazines and watched all the videos and you know wore out my vhs's and all that sort of stuff but this was the first time that it was like oh my gosh this is really happening right now and this is real and this is new and this is awesome and crush is a really good album like it does have some songs in there that are like eh to me right but like it ha- captain crash and a beauty queen from mars oh my gosh love that song so much yeah. um and i got to my second show ever live after Bruce Springsteen was Bon Jovi at in Philadelphia on the One Wild Night tour and they came down an elevator and it was such a good intro and they opened up with One Wild Night and then the second song they played was Hey God from These Days and I died. Hmm. <laughs> I I love the life you've led. <laughs> <laughs> My entire life just revolves around live music. It's really sad. <laughs> But it's so cool. Uh, <laughs> That's when I was like, what, 11? I think I went to see Bon Jovi. I remember I had my Bon Jovi Forever shirt and I totally wore it inside the venue, not knowing that that is so not the cool thing to do. But my aunt was like, we'll indulge her. It's her first Bon Jovi concert. She's just a kid. Yeah, you were that person. Um, it's, Never again. It's not like wearing your Star Wars t-shirt to a, to a Star Wars convention. You can totally do that. In fact, you're encouraged to. Yeah, exactly. Um we actually played a game at Star Wars Celebration, last Star Wars Celebration I was at, of, of there were certain shirts that we knew we would see, and so we kind of kept a tally, and, you know, and if you could call, if you saw, almost like a, almost like when you play Punch Bug or Doodle Bug or whatever you call it, you know, like, there's a red one, you know, we would do the, there it is, spot it. I forget what shirt it was, but it was, the, it was one that was just like the shirt that everyone could get at Target or Walmart or whatever. Oh my gosh, it's and, uh, awesome. And so we'd be like, there it is. And you know, point me, you know, for spotting it first. And, uh, but yeah, so, but you can do that at Star Wars convention, but don't wear it. So, I, and I'm, okay, this is how ignorant I am. You're telling me don't wear the band's t shirt at the band's show? Oh, no, 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 not allowed. That is uh-huh. a massive faux pas. We all know who you're there for. This is not a sporting event. We know you're here for Bon <laughs> Yeah, you're not trying to root on the home team. <laughs> No, I get it. I get it. But now, you know, you go to a little pop concert and that's okay. You know, the girls wear their little Justin Bieber t-shirts and everything. It's never okay. They just haven't learned yet. Okay. All right. All right. (laughs) 
I mean, I, I didn't realize that was bad etiquette. I'm sure I'm glad I didn't pull out my Paul McCartney shirt when I went to see him live. Oh, so. Steve. I would I would have said something. if When Derek posted those pictures and I saw it, I would have been like, ooh, Steve. No, no, no. I don't, no. Have, I don't have a Paul McCartney shirt. Well, that's good. I can't believe you went and saw Paul McCartney. Um, I got to tell you straight up, serious business, the man was incredible. <laughs> he was outstanding. And and as much as we're not fans of the Beatles, I, I got to tell you, this was a man you could tell has been performing for you know most of his life at this point, and he just put on a solid show. And awesome. you know, I'd go see him again. I mean, that's how good he was. He didn't turn me around on all the Beatles music, but he turned me around on Paul McCartney music. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so, uh, but no, we're not here to talk about that. We're just we're talking Bon Jovi. I I did. I loved like it was such a that song for me represented. And not only that, but just also in the time of life, 1998, not the best year of my life. And um, and so when that song came out, when it was released, you know, it was just this nice breath of fresh air um, for, you know, for what was happening in pop culture and for what was going on in my life. And uh, and so I, it always has a special place in my heart. I know there were some people that, you know, don't really care for that album you know, there are a lot of people that don't care for much Bon Jovi after New Jersey. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I celebrate their entire catalog that I know. So <laughs> I'm with you, Steve. Like, if we ever do one of these about Def Leppard, like, I gush about bands that don't make the same album over and over again. Right. So, and some people, that is their thing. Like, you know... You know, some band diverts from the norm in their original sound. People freak out, and I love it. Like, I love when a band takes a risk. And, I mean, like, Bon Jovi, they've definitely taken risks that I don't like, mm-hmm. um, a.k.a. all the country stuff and everything yeah. after Bounce. But, <laughs> like, I just – I dig on song, on albums that don't sound the same. So I love that Bon Jovi has something like New Jersey for, and then self-titled album and then, you know, the self-titled album to these days. Like, I love it. And it's it's a joy to my ear to hear that. Well, I like a, I like an evolution that makes sense for a band. You know, when it, it, it's it's like you find your style and then you work within that and you evolve and, you evolve and grow from that. Yep. But – um. I, I'm not a fan, though, of bands who, like, just completely flip the switch on the next album. Um, I, I do, I appreciate an evolution. I appreciate, you know, some experimentation and stuff. But, and that's the thing that what, and, and you heard it, you know, as you go chronologically through these songs, um, you hear the progression of them finding their sound and then working within their sound and, and, and toying and not sounding the, it's not, each album was not a clone of the previous one. But it wasn't such a far cry, you know, that it was jarring. And, um, and, and there's some bands that do that. You know, Carl and I were talking about, on Know What I'm Saying, we talked about Matchbox 20 mm-hmm. being a band that they definitely change from album to album. You, when you get a, if you buy their first album and then you turn around and buy like Mad Season, it's two totally different albums. Yep. You know, but I, it's like I told Carl, I'm like, but you know it's the same band. You know, you're not you're not getting a carbon you're not getting a clone of, of the previous one. And I and the in the one band that <clears throat> that I really remember being uh that you know in my in my little experience in life, uh being so guilty of just being a clone and not going anywhere, you know, one album being a clone of the previous one and not really going anywhere because of it is Hootie and the Blowfish. Yep. You know, they hit real big with cracked rear view 
and and then Fairweather Johnson came out, and there's some good stuff on that, but it's it's so much like the first one. And, of course, this is a group that had been together for a while, and they'd already kind of found their sound, and they were just kind of now laying down tracks or whatever. And it was just like, it wasn't disappointing, but it was at the same time, you know? And so yeah. and so now Darius Rucker's doing the country thing. But, they, yeah, it's fine. More power to them. It's just not my, it's just not my wheelhouse, you know? And that's okay. Not everything is everyone's cup of tea. And if they're happy, have at it. It's your life. It's your life. That's right. (laughs) But I don't want your life. (laughs) Kristen, your final thoughts. Gush a little bit about Bon Jovi for us. It's his birthday last week. 52-year-old John Bon Jovi and the band Bon Jovi. Give us some wrap-up thoughts about Bon Jovi. My first love, the first band to ever own my heart, and they're always going to own my heart no matter what been with me through everything there's a song for every mood there's a song for every day and you know last week we were talking a lot about how you know songs we never get sick of and they are a band that I will never get sick of even you know when people tell you that they are not the cool band to listen to it does not matter the music speaks for itself and they are fantastic and I love them and I just wish that they would play New Jersey start to finish on a tour so I can go see them again (laughs) Well, my takeaway from tonight is this, that A, uh, Kristen has admitted that they had the better album out of them in Def Leppard, and B... Uh, hysteria. Just Hysteria. Okay, I'm sorry. That, that New Jersey versus Hysteria, New Jersey wins. And that in uh, Bed of Roses and November Rain, Bed of Roses wins. And Bon Jovi has written the greatest love song of all time. The end. I mean, that's what we got. So... Uh, agree with us, disagree with us. Did we miss one of your favorites? Did we not talk? Because I guarantee if we miss something that you wanted to hear us talk about, Kristen's got it. And uh, and she's ready to roll with it. And she can talk about it. If we did, shoot us an email at rockoutloudpod, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Or hit us up on the Twitter, twitter.com slash rockoutloudpod. And we're on the Facebook, facebook.com slash rockoutloudpodcast. So hit us up on any of those three places and uh, and let us know what you think. We appreciate all the positive feedback and all the good words about the show. Um, the big thing with the Zoo Crew is just how great a job Kristen's doing. And I've even got friends in real life that listen, and they're like, Kristen is just the best. She's just the cutest thing. So you are, you, you're you building a fan base, my friend. Aw, thanks, guys. <laughs> so we'd love to hear from you in any of those venues. Uh, until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Kristen. Rock on, guys. Rock on, guys. Bye.